You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, I've been excited for the message uh, for this morning. Uh, A few weeks back, I was doing some pre-study, because I knew it was going to be out, and uh, had a week off, but I was excited about what the Lord had. In fact, the passage that we're going to study uh, here in a moment, get our mind around, you, we, there's actually a few different ways we could have taken this, um, but I really was seeking the Lord, and even though there's some other things that are beneficial, we're going to hone in on one idea today, kind of narrow the focus, trying to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. I hope that's okay. Um, and when we, when we're what we're doing is we're studying the book of Mark, and we're going to take the next uh, section, and if you have not picked up your copy of the book of Mark, uh, we want you to do so out on the main tables in the lobby. There should be some there, and if there's not, we'll buy some more again, which is awesome, but what it is, it's the word of God, the gospel of Mark on one side, and on the other side, it's a place for you to take notes, maybe something that's put on the screen, kind of catches your attention, or something that's said, or maybe you need to write a reminder. No, I mean, you could do that too, I guess. But um, it's a place for you to go back, and we believe that it'll become a treasure. We want to make sure that you're aware of that. The other thing that's out on the table today is uh, we have a Seek God for the City 2020 guide. This is a 40-day prayer uh, devotional that we are asking 150 of us to participate in. And there's a few copies left uh, after first service, and, uh, and then on Wednesday night, if you're here with our worship and prayer tonight, uh, we talked about it. This is 40 days leading up to Easter, and we're believing for the greatest Easter that we've ever had, and we believe that that's going to happen when we cover our city with prayer. And so if you're interested in partnering with us, with the staff and with the board, and taking a journey with us. And every day, there are different initiatives, things to pray for. And so, so seeking God for the poor on, uh, on Thursday the 27th, uh, seeking God for educators, seeking God for broken families, seeking God for laborers. And you, there's a little devotion, a little scripture, and then a little prayer focus. And we believe as we partner together, 150 strong or more, actually we only have 150 copies, but uh, uh, we, we know that it's going to make a difference, and so we want you to grab that. All right, so today, uh, the key for today, I want to just give you the, the big idea right up front, and uh, so you don't miss it. If you walk out of here and you don't get this, you missed it. I've done a horrible job, but the key for today is that Jesus has a plan for you. Everyone turn to your neighbor and let them know the key for today. Jesus has a plan for you, and you, and you, and you. There's no one exempt. We're going to look at Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19 in just a second. But before we get there, we've got some guests with us. We've got some of those that are just tracking uh, for the first time and haven't been here. And let's just talk about where we've been in the gospel of Mark uh, thus far. Uh, the first two chapters and into chapter 3, Jesus, he's ministering, he's healing, he's casting out demons. His popularity is growing. In fact, some commentators believe that it's 
at the peak of his popularity at this point in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 3. And, uh, and so you, the question is, is what is Jesus going to do with all of this momentum? Is Jesus going to cater to the crowds and just kind of do what they want? What is Jesus' plan is the big question. And we see in this chapter here that his priority is not fame. It's not becoming famous or well-known. His priority was not fortune or making a buck off of all this uh, popularity. His focus in this chapter and really throughout the gospel has always been and will be people and caring for those and even caring for the masses. But today, he narrows his focus to a few people that were going to be drawn in close. And what we see is that his priority in his ministry is to invest in his team. How many have ever been on a team? You know, some sort of team, all right? Hopefully most of us, or you've been around, or maybe your kids have been, or whatever, you hope that the coach is investing in your players, or in you as a player. And that's what Jesus is doing here in Mark chapter 3. So uh, let's, let's just take a look at it. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. And he went up on the mountain... And I paused for service, and I took like five minutes, and I'm not going to do that here, but there's some really neat things. I thought I was going to preach a whole message on just that little phrase, but I'm not going to. I'm, gonna, with, I'm not going to share. You can go back and listen later on that if you want. But it says, he went up on the mountain, he called to them those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, who he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, and he gave them the name Sons of Thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. What we're going to see this morning as we get our mind around these ideas, or around these few verses and these names, is that Jesus has a plan for you just like he did for his 12 disciples. Lord, I pray that you would just be honored here, that you would do a good work in our hearts. And Lord, as we explore how you prepare your team, I know that you're preparing us for a great movement here on the lakeshore and to the ends of the earth. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, give us that burden uh, to reach the lost, to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The question I want to ask first is, how does Jesus prepare his team? And when we look at him preparing his team, he's investing in them. We're going to see it. There's a few key phrases in here that we're going to break down. And I believe that Jesus not only did this for his disciples, he does it for us as well. And the first one is, the first key is that Jesus gave his team a name. Look at it. In verse 14, he says, He appointed twelve whom he also named, say it with me, 
apostles, right? He named them apostles. And sometimes we call the apostles disciples, which means learner or apprentice. Well, apostles is kind of a, a step up from that. It's, it's being sent on official service, being commissioned, almost like an ambassador. And it's apostles, disciples, you can use those interchangeably. But the thing that caught my attention this week is who is Jesus calling? Who is he changing their name, saying, you are now an apostle? Who is getting this title? And you look at it, and you see a list of 12 obscure men. These men, their names have never been in the news. They have never were known for having extreme wealth, as far as I could see. They're not known for their political uh, prowess or prominence. They were not necessarily the smartest in the bunch. Most were, uh, they probably had some intelligence, but they weren't the sharpest tools in the shed, so to speak. And none of them were popular. In fact, as we get to know them throughout the rest of the gospel, they're actually known for making some big mistakes, right? So some of them are known for their arrogance, others for their misunderstandings, uh, being spiritually dense and slow to understand. It seems like they just don't get what's happening. They, they're just, they're kind of slow roll, right? And, and you look at these, and then you look at the names, and there's something here that they're, they're all listed out. Jesus called them by name, but then he called them a different name. He said, you're now an apostle. There's definitely something here. He renamed some of them. He also gave some of them nicknames. And I just was thinking, you know, it makes me smile when Jesus gives someone a nickname. I'm a nickname type of guy. But let's look at the list. In that big list, we see Simon, who now is going to be called Peter, and later he's called The Rock. Then we see John and James, uh, the two sons. They're called the sons of thunder, right? And we don't know why exactly. There's some debate between commentators. I'm not sure it's pertinent to our message. Then there's Bartholomew, who is, that's a nickname. Then Levi is recalled Matthew, which means the gift of God. Thaddeus in that list, that's a nickname. His name was actually Judas, son of James. And then there's another Simon. There are two Simons. One changed to Peter. The other Simon was called Simon the Zealot, and, uh, and he had a lot of zeal. And he, some of these are renamed like Abram was changed to Abraham in the Old Testament. Or Jacob was renamed to Israel. And names in that culture carried a huge weight. But he also nicknamed them. And I thought, you know what? You don't nickname people you don't like. Or maybe you do. I mean, I actually, I just, that just hit me. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you do. But these are all good nicknames, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, you like people, right? And then you give them a nickname. You know, I was thinking, you know, in my family, um, when I was a kids pastor, it was always, the, the kids referred to me and Jessica as PB&J, and we liked that, you know, Pastor Ben and Jessica. And, uh, and so some of you are like, oh, I never thought of that, right? Well, you can call us that. We like that, right? Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know where Logan went. Oh, he's on the second row. I, I always call Logan Bud. I call him Logan uh, only publicly, but behind the scenes, I'm always, I almost never call you by your name. It's always Bud. And that's, by the way, what my dad called me. And when I called my dad, he's still, hey, Bud, how you doing? And it's just the way it is. My daughter, her name is Reagan, but I almost never call her Reagan. I always call her Ray because I'm a nickname type of guy. And does anyone want to know what I call Jessica? 
I call her Jessica. No, no, no. I've got a nickname for her, Hoonanny. And uh, it's true. And uh, there's a story behind that, but we're not getting into it. And so, um, but anyway, I like nicknames. I, when I'm around someone a lot, I'll start calling them. So Pastor Bruce, I call him Brewski. I call him that every week at staff meeting. It just, so students, you can call him Brewski too. And then I was thinking, I wish there could be a nickname for Pastor Bobby, but there's nothing that really rhymes with Bobby except shish kebab. We call him that. Or Bobalaba Ding Dong. Or Corn on the Bob, Bobcat, Bobster, the, the list could go on and on. We've got, I'm always calling you something other than Bobby because I, I like these guys. And then Pastor Rachel, I, I, I started calling her a Rach because I, I like to shorten names. I like the nickname. And she asked me, and she was serious. She said, Pastor Ben, please just call me Rachel. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so I just thought it would be fun today that especially if you've got kids, when you pick up your kids, if you just call her Rach, she's going to love it. She's going to know she's loved. And if she throws something at you, I, I can't say I didn't warn you. So, <laughs> But anyway, in this culture, in, the, in our scripture today, those names were weighty and they got changed in some ways. In other times, it was a nickname. And what's interesting that there were 12 names that were that were, uh, that were called out of the crowd. And those that were hearing that, they knew that there was something significant about 12, relating back to the Old Testament, the 12 tribes of Israel. The roots were found in the 12 sons of Jacob. Let's get back on track. What's our key for today is the idea that Jesus has a plan for you, right? And I want you to think of your name for a second, your given name. But then not only your given name, think of some of the labels that people put on you. Sometimes it's a fair label, other times it's unfair. Sometimes you're worthy of it and it's like just right on, other times you're unworthy. Sometimes it's a better label or a nickname or sometimes it's worse, right? And I'm curious, what is the loudest one speaking in your life? When I think of names, I think of the that God, when he speaks something and speaks a name, he names something, it's transformative, right? It's transformational. In Genesis chapter 1, we see a pattern right at the beginning of Scripture. This is beautiful. You're going to love this. That when Jesus, or when God called things out, it happened just in the moment. Verse 5, chapter 1, it says, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And boom, there was evening and morning the first day. A little later in, chapter, in verse 8, it says this. It says, God called the vault, the sky, and there was evening and morning. Boom, it happened. In verse 10, look at it. It says again, God called the dry, the dry ground land, and they gathered the waters. Uh, he called seas, and he saw that it was good because, boom, it happened. He called it, and it was. And what does God call us as his children. He calls us children of God, right? And it puts us all on the same playing field. We're all equal in the sight of God. We are all children of God. That's what God calls us. And boom, it is so. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses, verse 9, 
We get some clarification on who God calls us to be. He says, but you are a chosen people. That's what God has called. You are chosen. A royal priesthood. We are royalty. Look around. We're royalty. I know some of us look more like royalty than others, but uh, we're all royalty, right? We're royalty, a holy nation, and it's God's special possession. That's who we are, that you may be called, uh, that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And you might read that or kind of see that, and you're saying, well, I don't know if I really believe that about myself. You think about the voices in your life. Maybe you're listening to your own voice, looking at your own failures or your faults, or, or maybe someone has commented about your beauty or your lack of appeal or your lack of success. And you're saying, yeah, I believe those voices. Those are louder in my life. Well, what does Jesus do? He takes us. And he uses even our weaknesses, even uses our faults, mind blown, right? Where Satan would say, yeah, your mistakes, your past, that's permanent. There's no future for you, right? You've, you've messed up too many times. There's no redemption. You might as well give up. Throw in the towel. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. He says, I will give you a new name. Isn't that beautiful? And in this case, he called them apostles, sent out once. And in reality, the apostles, at that point, they would have been like, are you really me? <laughs> right? They were just a motley crew. And you might be thinking the same thing. I don't see it, right? But I want you to know that God calls into existence things that don't even exist. And when he sees you, he sees greatness. And he calls it out of us. But the question is, is who you're going to believe? What report? The loud voice of the, the stranger or the, of the enemy or God's voice for you? I believe God has a plan. Jesus has a plan for each and every one of us. And he calls us and he changes our name. That's number one. As he's equipping his team, he's investing in his team, he also not only just calls them, gives them a new name, but Jesus also spent time with his disciples. In verse 13, it says he called them to him. Verse 14, that they might be with him. Time with Jesus. And it speaks to time in the presence of God. And I was thinking, man, wouldn't it have been incredible to have been one of those called, one of the 12 to spend time, rub shoulders with Jesus. For sure, that had been incredible. But we can do the same time in his presence. And it's not a formal, like, check in, check out, or like, you be seated, I'm going to teach you. No, it's a personal relationship. Jesus is transforming. He's preparing the team by being with his team. And he does the same thing for us. I'll give you an example. Peter, he was, his name was changed to Simon, right? And Peter was known for being erratic, right? Impulsive. I, I kind of relate to him a little bit. But then Jesus calls him Simon, and then, or Peter, Simon, then to Peter, I'm sorry. And then he calls him the rock. And he says, Upon this rock I will build my church. And again, he, you know, Peter's like, What? And, and what Jesus is saying, he's saying, Peter, come close to me. I want to rub off on you. And that's exactly what happened. And Jesus saw Peter's flaws, yes, just like he sees our flaws. But just like with Peter, 
Jesus longs to be with us and rub off on us so we can be used for him. It's the primary reason we were created was to spend time with Jesus. And when you think of God's plan, Jesus' plan for your life, it has to include that point where we are with Jesus. That's why Sabbath is important. That's why we're here on Sundays to be with the Lord. But it doesn't happen to just happen here. And we can do that each and every day. And if that's true, if Jesus has a plan for you, you got to know it's not that this plan is just listing off all the things you have to do, one after the next after the next, or checking off the rules. I'm going to follow this rule, then this rule, then this rule. No, it just starts with being with Jesus. And when we're with the Lord, he draws us in close and starts to change us. And you got to know, Jesus went to great lengths to be with us. It's part of his plan for us. And so we've got to respond, I think, just like uh, the Apostle Paul did in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, where Paul said, man, I want to know Christ. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and participate in his suffering, becoming like him even unto death. And I pray that that would be our call, that we would want to be like him, that we'd be drawn in. And the Lord, and Paul's longing to know Christ is inspiring to me, and I believe it can be our story as well. I love the fact that Jesus, he names us, he gives us a nickname even sometimes because he likes us, he's pursuing us, wants to spend time with us, his plan, he's got a plan for us. Well, how does he continue to prepare? There's a third thing, he also not only just gives us a new name, he doesn't just draw us close, but he also sends out his team. He sends them out. And look at it, verse 14 and verse 15. I love this. I, it's so cool to see what Jesus does. He appointed them so that they might be with him, like we talked about, but and he says that he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. If you flip ahead in your scripture to page 34, uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 7, this is about a year after this point. Jesus is now sending out his disciples, and it says this, he called the, the, the twelve, he began to send them out two by two, he gave them authority over unclean spirits. In verse uh, 12, he says this, so they went out and proclaimed that people should repent, and so they're preaching the gospel and then in verse 13, it says, And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. And the reason I bring this up is that, that if, even if you go back to Mark chapter 3, where it says he called them to, to preach and then to cast out demons, uh, there's, it carries the sense of casting out demons and healing. And he called them to be apostles, to be sent out ones to do these things. And I know for some of you, you're reading this and you say, well, that's where I disconnect from this story. I don't see myself in the text here. This doesn't apply to me. Maybe for the pastors or for a missionary or for the deacons or the elders of the church, right? And we have this syndrome like, ah, I'm not sure. But I assure you that when Jesus called his disciples, his apostles, that same call is for every single one who's here. The same exact appointment. This is what Jesus does. He prepares us. He gives us a new name. He spends time with us, but then he sends us out. It's Jesus' plan, and it hasn't changed. 
to send us out. Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission says, for uh, go therefore into all the world, uh, preach the good news, right? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. That's the everyday commission we talk about. We were called to spread the gospel. And I don't know if this is good news or a uh, surprise to you. It's good news to me. There's no plan B. Look around. We're it. It's our job to extend the kingdom of God to be used for his glory. Jesus has a plan for you for the expansion of his kingdom. And I believe Jesus has a plan for you in regards to our city, in regards to our families, in regards to our schools, to in regards to our friends, and to the ends of the earth. And my mind this week went to Easter. And I know that you are the plan for God to reach people this Easter. And we've given you this 40-day uh, journey that will lead you right to Easter time. And I encourage you to be praying over our city and giving you things to do in regards to that. But the, the idea here is that the responsibility is on us. And I get it. it. At some level, it's kind of a weighty thing. You're like, man, that, that, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I can even relate. You know, how would I do that, right? Some of you are saying, well, that's just not who I am. Or this is not what I do. I'm more behind the scenes. Or I, I'll let someone else evangelize, right? And the reason we say things like that, the reason we, we talk like that is because at, the, at a core level, we all feel unqualified, don't we? We all feel desperately inadequate. I know I do at times, but I want us to know that there is a name, a name that is greater than any other name given for each of us to tap into. Look at it, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 11. 9 through 11. It says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in the heaven and on earth and under heaven and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. We tap into the name of Jesus. And today, you could say, well, I don't think of myself as a preacher, right? Or I don't think of myself as an exorcist casting out demons. Like, that's scary. Or I don't see myself as a healer, right? Well, today, and what we're studying, it's an invitation to start your journey. Jesus is recruiting his team, and he's going to prepare us. He's going to give you a new name. He's going to draw you close. He's going to rub off, and then he's going to send you out. And that's what he does. And you might be surprised, we might be surprised, when we open our mouth and use the name of Jesus, what will come out. God is going before us. God is softening hearts. God is helping us. God is doing the work. He gives us authority. He gives us spiritual power. Uh, it's ours for the taking. And we got to know that we're, not, we're never, never alone. He's, we're never alone. After we've spent time with Jesus, he's given us a new name. We engage into the plan that Jesus has for us. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for the plans you have for us. 
Lord, you have called us, each and every one of us, to do great and mighty things, to partner with you, just like the apostles, just like the disciples, to make your name famous. And Lord, I pray that we, as your people, would rest with that thought and that you would put it into action in our hearts and our lives. And God, I pray that today there would be a sense of calling on each of our lives, that we would use our voice, we'd use our time to spend in prayer, to pray for our city, that we would use our influence to reach one more. And God, that you would get the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.